1: Hi, and welcome to Mom's Talk Autism podcast. Today, we are going to be talking about yet another tool that we could place in your tool belt to actually work as, well, let's just say like a foundational document uh, for you and your advocacy uh, for your child or children um, on this journey. So, We're all going to share experiences about that and then we're going to give you walk you through how to use the tool itself stay tuned
2: when you become a mom you never imagine your child getting an autism diagnosis it feels like your dreams have shattered like a framed photograph falling off your mantle exploding into a thousand pieces but instead of trying to glue those pieces back together This community of moms is here to help you build a new dream, a better one. So join in the conversation as us moms talk autism.
1: Okay. Well, we are all here today, depending on, you know, where this falls on the um, publishing schedule. Mm -hmm. Um, sometimes you get two of us, three of us, um, and sometimes you still get all four of us. When you're so real lucky. we're all four here today. So you're welcome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. You're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome. Mm. So let's talk about why we're going to have this conversation first. Uh, so just a little recap, part of. The advocacy that I personally do, and this is Gene speaking in case our listeners are not aware of whose voice is talking <laughs> at the moment yet, still at this point. And if you're brand new, you're just getting acquainted with identifying who we may are by the sound. Uh, is that I am family faculty for an organization called Texas Parent to Parent. And Parent to Parent is actually. An organization um, that is nationwide. There are local chapters all over the country. Um, you can look to to find one that is local to you um, in your state. Um, some have been around longer than others. So again, there's you know the main tent, the national organization, and then the um, additional chapters. So one of the programs that I do um, is the medical training program. And that is to basically you narrate parts of your story um, to first and second year medical residents to give them um uh, insight to the nuances to your life, a different uh, lens into your world because uh most of the time, and then once they start going into practice. You know, it's a revolving door. They are, you know, with you for 20, 30 minutes tops, and they don't really get the full picture of, you know, you and your family. Um, all of our family systems all look different, and that matters when it comes to making decisions about and how and how you're gonna make those decisions about how you're going to follow through with the care of your, your child. So the program is meant to serve not just those medical students. So that's the, the main population we serve. Um, it also can serve, uh, school administrators and educators, first responders, um, community leaders, um, anyone, any specific type of, you know, category of the community at large to just spread knowledge and awareness. Uh, What comes into play a lot when we are doing those presentations is talking about the care map. The care map is exactly that. It's a map of mapping out, you know, all the different arenas that you are juggling, the caregiver is juggling, you know, many times when you're just, you know, in school, uh, they're only seeing there's kind of people get into a vacuum and a certain lens and only see it from, you know, a two-dimensional perspective. It's not really, they're not really getting the full picture and they aren't thinking about necessarily asking those questions. So, what needs to happen is that we have to be upfront about and find ways to communicate that um, to our teams, um, so they can kind of get of a, a footprint. You know, on previous episodes, we've we've uh, talked about. Uh, parent input statements when we've had, uh, Lisa Baskin write on and how, again, that can be just a foundational document that you have that you provide at your, your child's annual IEP, um, every year. And then, you know, doing an about me page, um, about your child. And that tells them about some nuances about your child directly, but you, the caregiver, also has impact into and shapes the way your child receives that care and is educated and um, the day in and day out of what the demands are for you. And kind of without those, that awareness, there can be um, misperceptions and judgments that can occur that could have further implications and therefore then communication breaks down. So this is a way uh, our conversation today um, will, you know, break down and and kind of expand upon the ways that another element for us to improve our communication with you know our medical professionals, uh, our ed- our educators primarily, um, and it also can serve to if you need it to communicate to your family, um, and I and I once I. Do my round. I'll go on to explain exactly um, why I referenced that as as it could be a tool used for that. So, all right. So we've all had, um, you know, when we own our Marco, um, our Marco chat and our personal conversations, we've all shared, you know, um, big changes in our lives and um, the ways that they possibly you know, dynamics in our household, um, that can impact the way again, that we are able to be the engaged parent. We need to be with our child and like what our capacities could be. Um, so I mean, based on kind of that preface does who we'd like to go first with kind of explaining a little bit about, um, your experience with that?
3: I will. <laughs>
1: go, go on. <laughs> go on, go on, go on, go on, Tashi,
3: go, um, go, Tashi, go. You know, obviously, Shannon and I have a similar, um, similar situation with just being first responders' wives, um, and and we have talked about that in an episode in in you know more extensive. Um, conversation. Um, but, but that alone is, um, a beast of its own. (laughs) Um, you know, it's, it's, uh, a little bit more similar to maybe what, um, you know, being a single parent would be like. I mean, obviously we have the, the, the backing and the support of our, of our spouse. So it's not the same, but, but there is a lot of time where we are, we are steering the ship twenty four seven, and and that that's a lot. You know that is a lot, and and there's the um, unreliability, I guess, of of our spouses. You know, like it it could be a day that they are not on shift, but then they are on shift. You know, and it and it changes in a second like that. So um, we have to be fully prepared to. Um, be able to go on with our day without them, you know, and, and, and have the uh, ability to just shift quickly in a different direction. Um,
1: And has that, has that impacted, you know, decision-making for the type of either therapy or activities or, or just how you're able to, to run the schedule? Like how does Yeah. That, I mean,
3: ab- absolutely. How does that you impact know, you? Currently Jack is not in any therapies outside of, of school. Um, so it is a lot easier I would say now. Um, but you know, when, when we first got Jack's diagnosis and Jack was in the preschool program at the, in the school district, and then he was doing all of these extra, um, therapies, you know, that at that point was when I started working from home. Um, And so, yes, it's not to say that Tyler wasn't there, but absolutely, you know, I had to be able just to take charge. I was the one that was you know, constantly taking Jack to therapies. I was not, and not just that, but Sloan, you know, obviously is, is younger than Jack. And, and so she was being toted around with me everywhere, you know, so her and I spent a lot of time in the car it, it, at places, you know, so it didn't, it didn't even just directly affect, you know, me. It was, it, it, it put, you know, that onto Sloan's plate as well and, and having a, a different life than probably most, um,
1: you know, typical kids have. And what. With- and what did, and what did community life look like for you? What was the community that you had around you yeah, for support? You
3: that know, point? I mean, we, we've, Tyler and I have always had an awesome community in, in the sense of our own, our, our, specifically our family. Um, but, but then also our, our fire family and, um, and then other just, you know, close, uh, friends who were, who have always been very, very, very helpful to us, um, you know, pre Jack's diagnosis and then and and then since Jack's diagnosis. Um so I do feel grateful for that. You know, I I um I have been able to count on other people to help me out with certain things. If I get in a pickle and Tyler's, you know, can't he's out of reach. Um out of reach. Yeah, out of pocket, like Gene likes to say. <laughs> um so I am grateful for that but I know that that is not a lot of people's experience, right? A lot of people who are um who are either a single parents or be you know so doing a lot more of the solo parenting that they don't have that that they don't maybe don't necessarily have the friends and family around. They don't have that community to help them that the, that it is all on them. Um so I am grateful for that but at at the end of the day, you know, I am the mom, Tyler is the dad and, and we can't, we can't necessarily count on other people. So it's having to, for us to figure out this
1: life and, and how we're going to, to do it, you know? Um, and you're, guess yeah, essentially that made you, you know, carrying majority of the load, yeah. um, for when times and like, if you can think to a time of like, um, kind of just bad timing of something kind of being, um, impositioned on you or being a demand that is needed for Jack and, you know, but you weren't, you were feeling compounded, like more stress stretched thin, you know, um, were you able to express that to, either that medical mm-hmm. professional or that uh, educator mm-hmm. or family member or whomever it was that it was Yeah
3: been. um you know I would say medically speaking we have always had a very close relationship with you know um with Jack's pediatrician because he's our friend um but then on top of that you know when we started doing these therapies we were you know, we also built a very close relationship with all of Jack's therapists. So it and and it, and it was very much known like this is the struggle that we live in. Tyler is a firefighter and it's, you know, um it's a consistent schedule that's not consistent. <laughs> it's basically what it is. Um it's consistent
1: consistently it's inconsistent.
3: Consistently <laughs> inconsistent is that is like can that be Shannon and I's tagline for the <laughs> <laughs> um you know so it's great for your OCD. Yeah. Oh it's great gosh, for your CD, you. right? Um, so, so, you know, we have always had that support and we've, and we, and Tyler and I have always been very open with that of, of you know, letting them know, um, you know, that that, that that is our home life situation um, so that if anything does come up, like we have to cancel last minute or, you know, um, that we're not, that it's not because of them, it's, you know, a situation like, Tyler's on shift. It's the nature of your life. I get sick and there's nobody that can, you know, take Jack to his therapy or, or whatever. Um, but then also, you know, on the educational front as well, because um, Tyler and I from the beginning have made it just very important to be fully engaged in this. Um, and, and you know, maybe a little bit more those parents who are over the top with, you um, you know, communication and wanting to know, and and not just doing the, you know, the annual IEP. We we go in quarterly and meet with the team, and in constant communication. Um, and again, you know, especially now that Jack is in his third year of of elementary school, um, the principal knows us really well. You know, for the most part, his, Jack's team has changed every year, but they, but they all know us. You know, and and. Um, and then also just you know now that Sloan is in in elementary as well and kind of you know they they lean on her a lot as well to when Jack is maybe
2: um,
1: so that having all that made a huge difference in your ability to be able to support your child. Oh yes, absolutely. You feel yeah, yeah
3: yeah. I mean, um, you know I, I probably probably the person that it wears on. The most and this is not woe was me because I am not like I am grateful to be home I am grateful to you know that my husband has the career and the and the capability to work over time that he can sustain our you know financial situation but um yeah the the load is is my responsibility um and it does become wearing right does it just like Sh- Shannon can I, can I like here's the best example what's the movie with the guy that goes out hiking and he falls between the rocks and he gets his arm stuck oh
2: my god it's like I 127 can't. hours okay. or something this like is going that. to
3: be yeah, brutal but if any of you have seen that movie when he has to choose to cut his arm off <laughs> Wow, we're yes. going deep. With this, we're going very dramatic, but you know, right. it's like it's like that that just that wearing on the nerves. That's just like you know, just like that zinging. You know, you you get to a point where you it's so much, but you're so numb, and you just you're just going through the motions. You know, you're just in survival mode. Um, I don't know. That's that's. Yeah.
1: I think so. So, and I will. And you know, I hope you don't mind if I do this because I'm not. You know, I'm medicated, and you're medicated, fully medicated. (laughs) That that helps absolutely. Um, if you are, you know, without that's just another tool, and that's a part of that is part of the care map. Part of the care map is what does it take for you to take care of yourself to in order to take care. of I would say,
3: um, you know, currently over the last year and a half, um, you know, being properly medicated, uh, I deal with things and life and all of it so much better than I did even, you know, two years ago. Um, and I'm not telling everybody you need to run out and, and get yourself a prescription, but um, it, it was definitely stepping into that to that awareness of like, this is hard and this isn't going to necessarily get easier. It's going to ebb and flow in, in the seasons of, of, of easy and hard. But, um, I, I need to, I need to take control of the situation. I need to, and I need to be self-aware of how I can better care for myself that I, so that I can do this so that I can drive this sh- you know ship or steer the ship and, and, um, not end up in, you know, the loony bin, um, I suppose, you know, I mean, if we're just being,
1: just, I I mean, that's, I, I want to round of applause for that because it is so true. I mean, and there are, might be, you know, seasons of our lives where it's going to get harder and there's, there's adjustments that need to be made. And then there's sometimes where you may not find that you need those, that particular, tool, but you are, you know, utilize other tools, like other Mm -hmm. different ways of, of providing Mm -hmm. therapy for yourself, whether you're seeing a therapist or psychiatrist or going to some, you know, special treatment, um, you know, whether it's, you know, for your body physically, you you have to, we have to do those things in it and it constantly, you know, changes. I mean, these are the things that you can't, you have such a split second mm-hmm. to sometimes during those transitions with you, you know, your medical professionals and your educators, your educators primarily, because it's like, you know, pick up, drop off, pick up, drop mm-hmm. off. And they're not, they, they're not, you know, especially if you have a non-speaking child, in addition to that, like that's an additional nuance or a child that has just communication difficulty where they're not sharing, you're not really getting a full Mm -hmm. picture of their, of their family life. Because one, the child is not able to give you any basis of recollection of, of what maybe what home is like, Mm -hmm. um, the dynamics inside of their home, who they rely on the most, you know, who does what, they don't really know that. And they could, the, the, those folks can draw, um, uh, you know, draw conclusions of like, you know, it can look like, Oh, if you're always smiling and happy every day, everything must be great and grand or, um, you know, if they see you every day, well, then you must be the automatic default parent. It doesn't, it's just kind of surface level. So without really knowing exactly what the whole care map is, they're not really getting a full window into this is This is your world. You don't, you have several different demands and expectations that you're managing in in the, you know, weekly, daily Mm -hmm. life that are dictating, you know, what, um, dictating how you're going to be able to respond. And your response level could be different based on, the demand for that day, just like it is mm-hmm. for our kids. Mm-hmm. Right. Just like when the demands are really high and they're kind of at capacity, we have to like, we scale them back. Uh, the families need that. And sometimes, you know, I mean, let's give it up to the educators too, to know that like they've needed that yeah. they've needed yeah. that for the past couple of years because the demands of, of their job have so have, insane. Been, have been higher. Yeah. 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 And there's been the disconnect because for a while we weren't also allowed to be inside of the schools right. because of right. COVID. So we didn't know what was going on at school. They didn't really know what was going on at home because there was no, you know, direct interaction that way. There was, there was a real divide, but, um, but yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, I think the, I think, you know, especially like you telling your stories, even with your challenges, you really highlight why the positives of of those different arenas and being supportive and understanding. and I having that knowledge and how that makes mm-hmm. a difference makes a very positive difference for for your family mm-hmm. and for Jack as well. As yeah son
3: too. I mean yeah, because I mean um, our our typical kids, you know, um are a huge part of of that mm-hmm. care map, you know, they're they're also being, you know, affected by this life that we are walking, right. you know,
0: that we, we live. Lived. Yeah.
3: Um, right.
1: so yeah. All st- right. So who wants to go next? Brittany, Shannon, Brittany, Shannon, Shannon do you want to follow up on that? And Shannon, Brittany. <laughs> <laughs> sure.
4: <laughs>
3: Sure. Oh, because that's right. Though Shannon, she's not lazy and has like fifteen jobs, and I now am lazy and have just this podcasting job. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, stop it! Right so now. Shannon's actually got it a little it bit right worse now. than I do. <laughs>
4: <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, I mean, I think, <laughs> I think that you're
3: still first,
4: <laughs> and I'm just crazy. You are honest. that. Yes, um, you are. So I think that. We're lucky enough to have worked with our um, speech therapist and our occupational therapist for a significant period of Mm -hmm. time. They know the way that our house works. They know, I mean, just this week, I had to do a last minute cancellation with speech therapy, which I hate having to do. Um, But things like that happen with the life that we live. Um, You know, I think that it's really common for parents in our households to have one, like you guys said, who sort of heads the stuff, right? And for our household, that's me. It's always been me. And um, we're having to sort of shift things around now that I'm working more outside of the house with the real estate business. Um, And so I've just been trying to really keep everyone informed about what is going on. In our household, and why things are a little bit crazy. Um, I had to um, have a behavioral uh, observation for Gracie through the school done this year um, and requested that from her team. Uh, so that they would be aware of all the changes that are going on in our house. You know, we just had a big move. We moved out of the house that Gracie has known for her whole life. You know, I'm now in the real estate business. So I'm working not only at home, but also out of the home. So there's a lot of things that have shifted in our life over, you know, since January. Um, So really trying to keep them abreast of things that are going on, requesting that behavioral observation so they can understand that maybe some of the shifts in Gracie's behavior are due to the circumstances that are happening at home. Um, There's just been a lot of that, you know, going on. And I have also had to change a lot of things in the way that I deal with the school in the last year. And I do weekly check-ins. I do it with Gracie's gen ed teacher. Um, I do it with Gracie's bridge teacher, which is the special needs teacher. And I have an alert on my phone that is set to go off every single Friday at nine o'clock in the morning. So I remember to send them an email. Um, And that is something that I requested from them at the beginning of the year. Um, You know, I told her teachers, I know you have a room full of kids and I have, well, I have two kids, but I have Gracie. So, I don't expect you guys to remember to email me weekly, so I'm going to remember to email you weekly, and then the only thing I ask from you is that you just reply back, and that way you can inform me of what's going on, because one thing that I struggled a little bit with is, I don't know if your kids, um, they probably do get like a report every single day, it comes home like in a folder, it lets you know how their day went, if they struggled or whatnot. Um, while they are wonderful at filling that out every day, I didn't realize that Gracie was also having frustration moments at school like she was having at home because the notes coming home were not relaying that mm. to me. um It may say struggled with transitions today, but it didn't detail the fact that her struggle with transitions w- were leading to frustrated moments and My concern with frustrated moments are if they are not handled, they are then going to turn into aggressive moments, right? So had I not been reaching out to the teachers, I would not have known that that behavior was also happening at school because it wasn't a part of the daily report that was coming home. So I just had to be very upfront with the teachers this year and saying, I'm going to send this email out every single week. And I just, I need you to reply back to me at your earliest convenience and let me know like one, what are some great things that Gracie's Mm -hmm. doing? Like talk to me about the things she's really strong in and the things that we can, you know, help her with at home. But two, I need to know the little details of things that are happening at school that I'm not going to find out otherwise. And I did not do that up until this year. And it led to problems in our last school Mm -hmm. year. And while the, teacher was at fault for not doing their job last year in many ways, which I won't get into because that's a whole other episode. Um, I was also partially at fault because I was trusting that it was being done and I wasn't being proactive Mm -hmm. enough. So I think we have to understand that while there are certain things that teachers need to do because it is their job to do them, um, It is not solely their job. It is also our job to make sure that things are being done for our children. Because again, I'm going to go back to that, you know, thing of like, I have Gracie and they have 14 to 28 kids Mm -hmm. in a classroom. Um, And I am Gracie's mother and guardian and protector and advocate. And because of that, like, I need to make sure I'm doing my due diligence and checking in and, um, the struggle that we had with last year's teacher, while it was incredibly frustrating, I mean, you guys know <laughs> the, the polos with the explicit language and the frustration. Um, I will say that it's benefited me in the way that um, I am much more proactive in the communication and what I expect mm-hmm. um, because that happened. So I think my hope for, you know, parents who are just getting into this is to learn from the mistakes that we kind of talk about so that one, you don't necessarily get into that. Um, But two, you know, uh, That we're just doing the due Mm -hmm. diligence, that we're just doing the follow-up, that that we're advocating, that we're asking Mm -hmm. the questions, that we're advocating, because we can't expect anyone else to do that for our kids. We're lucky enough right now, we have an amazing team that does an amazing job, but that's not always the case. Um, And everybody on this call can attest to that. Like, we all haven't always had, excuse me, like a wonderful Mm -hmm. team. So, um, And then I think, you know, when it goes back to what Tosh is saying, like, I have just learned that I have to be flexible and Mm -hmm. I don't have a Mm -hmm. choice because if I get set and stuck in routines and that sort of thing, I will drive myself insane. Um, Jay, even though he's not in law enforcement anymore, he's still a first responder and he has a rotating schedule. So his schedule is set, but he works different days every Mm -hmm. week, you know, which is much like a firefighter schedule. So, um you know i just have to be ready and willing to pony up yeah
1: pony so up how do you do you <laughs> yeah. do you feel a greater heavier impact on you now having having do you feel like you're distributing more energy out now having to take some of these extra sh- extra steps or is it or is it giving you relief and alleviating? Um, what, what do you think?
4: It is giving me relief and alleviating. Because the thing is, because I am doing those active check-ins, which mm-hmm. let's be honest, um, we all have our phones in front of us. Mm-hmm. I'd say, you know, 20 hours out of the day. And there's literally no reason I can't take 30 seconds and voice text and email to a teacher. Mm-hmm. Right? Um And because I'm doing those things, I'm getting responses back that I wasn't getting last year, which is helpful. And then it's allowing me not to wonder. Like, the wondering how school is going is stressful. Like, you're dropping them off every day, and you're hoping things are going well, and you're hoping that somebody will tell you if they're not. And the wondering is stressful, whereas even just a weekly check-in, you know, can be just Mm -hmm. a huge stress reliever so yes it's one more thing to add to my plate but not only is it helping the teacher because i'm doing the check-in and she doesn't have to remember um it's helping me it's easing my worries because
1: i'm a worrier. (laughs) so Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. worrying party of four (laughs) over here -hmm. (laughs) everybody on this call everybody on this call and everybody out there Mm -hmm. um yeah, so I would say too, like some of the conversations I've had with some of our listeners, because um, I've had the opportunity to have individual calls or meetups, um, they've expressed that because of that story that you've shared um, before that that opened their eyes to being like, oh, I have to advocate. I have mm-hmm. to do this. There's, There is, sometimes there's, not just the, um, just be, uh, depending on how you were raised in terms of like your family, but cultural breakdowns of just expectations of, of what parenting is and and what school is and kind of staying in your lane. They don't really know necessarily how to occupy all those lanes. Um, they don't know that they have to take those extra steps. So I think that that, I appreciated you sharing exactly like how that's that's felt for you because one of the things that explains about um, which if you actually physically do a care map, it what it does is it identifies gaps in your child's care. So now with this you know additional step that you're taking as a part of like your weekly routine, you are now identifying gaps and able to f- look f- for remedies that you wouldn't have else been able to like, uh, likewise. So mm-hmm. I think that's pretty awesome.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, um, yeah. Brittany, what about you?
2: Yeah. Um, it's life like you. <laughs> I, uh, I, I guess I, I, I start off with like a piggyback on kind of what Shannon was shang- saying, that knowledge is power, right? Mm-hmm. Knowledge is power for you, and it gives you the ability to make appropriate decisions for your child. They are not old enough, they and they are not capable enough to make those decisions for themselves right now. Maybe they never will be, um, but right now, if if you have a young child, typical or not, you you need to make decisions for them to some degree. And having more tools in your belt, having more knowledge and a bigger picture about what's going on when your child is away from you is a powerful tool in order for you to um, to make appropriate decisions. And this applies not only to school, but to you know medical or when they're at any kind of extracurricular activity or a therapy session or anything. And so... And it can go both ways. If you are more empowered and have more information and can understand a better idea about what what's going on when your child is away from you, the same goes for that teacher or that therapist or that youth leader or that coach um, when they are with your child versus when they are at home with you. So if you impart your knowledge about what's going on at home and talk to them about what's happening, Um. Then they are gonna have a better understanding and be able to help your child, you know when they are with them. Does that make sense? Did I say that in a convoluted way? Okay, hopefully yeah, basically everyone just needs to communicate, <laughs> okay <laughs> a lot right And that right. that really is the key and it can take its the it, communication can can be done in many, many different ways. you know, you can do emails, you can do texts, you can. Talk to that teacher when you're dropping off and picking up at preschool pickup. Uh, there can be a daily communication log in their backpack. It can be, um, you know, cornering that coach at the uh, at the meet or the game after and being like, "Hey, can we chat for a minute?" You know, it can be scheduling a formal IEP meeting. It can be all sorts of different things. Um, something that uh, I really helped me when I was very very. F- very beginning of my journey with Austin, this was, you know, 13, 14 years ago, he was in a preschool program here. It was an autism centered preschool program. And I thought the preschool teacher did the most amazing thing. Um, And I'm not, this isn't maybe always available to everybody. I understand that, but this, it was a good example of what I needed to expect out of teachers and other, you know, people working with my kids. And what she did was at the end of the day, they had a little circle time, right? At the last, I don't know, 10 minutes of class. And she'd have all the kids sit in a circle and they do story time and they do singing and, you know, your typical circle, like end of the day routine things. But, what but wait, she, did your kids sit in the circle? I need to know. Well, this. they had AIDS and they're like two, you know, these are like two and three year olds. Okay. So I'm not saying it was perfect, but there was lots of extra hands. It's like a there, semicircle. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's a fluid. The, the circle moves. An amoeba. In and out. An amoeba. Exactly. Yeah. But for the <laughs> most part, they had little chairs and they did really, really well. And there were extra hands to help if anyone was having a hard day. But, um, they would they would do this and i will say also this is a this is a special needs preschool so there were not very many it wasn't like there were 30 kids in this class um but what she had set up with her room is she had an adjacent little it was almost like it was like a broom closet or something i don't know what it was but she had installed a two-way mirror in that closet and you could access that closet Um, this was at a school, from the outside. So you could go into this room. She encouraged all the parents to do this the last 15 minutes of class. You could go into this room without your child seeing you. And you could literally observe like police interrogation style, you know, (laughs) into her classroom and watch circle time. And you could see it with your own two eyes, what was happening, how your child, if your child was sitting or if he was being the amoeba, you know, running away, Mm -hmm. you could, you could see if they were actually participating, you could do anything like that. It worked awesome. She also used it for when you had to check in. I mean, there were, you know, not anybody could just walk into this room. Like there were, there were safety protocols in place, but she would also do that with like therapists or like a behaviorist who needed to observe a child, but, um, were maybe wondering if they would be affected by having an extra person in the room, they could use that space in order to observe without the child um, reacting to that extra person. You'd get more of like, you know, this is my child raw data in, in the wild. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, you get raw data. So but I really, really appreciated that. It was such an eye opening experience to see Austin and then later on Ruby went to the same classroom to be able to see it without my child like wanting to jump into my lap the whole time, you know? Was so,
1: it, it was, you said it was an autism school.
2: It was, yeah, it, it was, was a, a preschool, it was, an autism based preschool. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. yeah. I believe they did have other disabilities, but autism was the primary one that was at this, at this particular preschool. So it was, lab
1: laboratory schools, um, preschool laboratory schools are like the one McKenna attended that's mm-hmm. customary. Mm-hmm. And it's actually kind of like part of NAC standards um, for observation techniques. Yeah. Um, I loved it. I loved it. Yeah, so that it felt creepy.
2: It, it does, <laughs> but, but at love... the same time, the knowledge and the the ability to be able to really see it just makes such a difference, right? Um, mm-hmm. If if you get the proper permissions and all your you know teaser crossed and everything, there are certain situations where um, a teacher can even video your child for you and send you a video if you can't get in the classroom. I we have the problem of for me being able to see things firsthand. Um, it really affects Austin to have me in the space like physically in the space so I re- I need to I need to be creative about it. So anyway, it's just I know that's not always available I ser- I can't do that now in the classrooms that my kids have it just doesn't work logistically but find something like that if you can um, you know find find ways to communicate find ways to observe find ways to um, to, Understand, get a bit of bigger picture about you know what what's happening in your kids' class. Sometimes you can volunteer to be in kids' classes, even if it's just for like a holiday party or something. You can gain a lot of knowledge from seeing your kid in in the classroom that way, and you can you get a chance to talk to the teacher kind of one on one a little bit and and bring things up that maybe you wouldn't notice other ways. So, and the other thing I've I've really learned from these experiences so far is. If you are having trouble with a teacher or a therapist um, for any reason, even if it's just communication or whatever, um, you're not seeing eye to eye, there's other educators that you can talk to about that. It doesn't have to be that just that one person. Um, We've had, we had a significant issue with one of Austin's special ed teachers years ago, and um, it ended up being a lot of myself and the principal talking and we were able to, I know that's kind of how Shannon worked through some of her stuff last year with her teacher as well. She talked to the principal. You can find somebody on that team who is going to be an advocate or listen or, or help you maybe get a better picture about what's going on. And then you're going to be able to problem solve better, right? You have to keep trying. If you bump heads with one person, because everybody's different and we don't know the whole picture for them too, you know, that's not the end. You don't just have to deal with it you can, you can keep trying and and work around it in different ways. And I was, we were able to resolve a lot of things, um, between that principal and the school psychologist. Um, we got Austin into a better program with a, a, uh, quite frankly, just a better teacher that, that was just better suited for his needs Mm -hmm. at that time. And, um, and I don't know if that would have happened if I had just stuck with the teacher only, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So just keep that in mind. I don't know. Um, yeah. So I have, have other questions I want to ask you, but to yes. build on what you just said,
1: but to build on what you just said was, is the chain of command. Right. So you're, you, you can escalate the chain of command and you want things to be held or handled at the lowest level possible because nobody really wants to have to f- actually formally file a grievance or get into no. that level of contention. You are trying to, solve it and you want that and, you know and hope that's the team's goal as well um and that also can be a way to actually reinforce uh trust and and faith um in the campus that your that your child child is on um but it is really important to know yeah you're not you're not just fixed to that um one mm-hmm. teacher you can go outside of that and if you don't know where to go ask someone and obviously an assistant principal or um even the aide, or um or the principal itself but you also have you can go on your district website and find who the department heads Mm -hmm. are um so they can give you um some direction on who it is you're supposed to be contacting or, or student
2: affairs. Mm -hmm. Um, I've actually specifically done that. I I didn't know where to go or what to do for a particular problem. At one point, I literally went to my mm -hmm. district district's website. Mm -hmm. I found the appropriate district representative who was over that school or that age group of my child. I emailed that person and I called them. They called me back and they were able to give me the contact information to talk to the appropriate person. Mm -hmm. I just didn't know where to Mm -hmm. go. So you mm-hmm. can totally do that. I've done it more than once, actually.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Same, same. Me too. So my other questions for you, Brittany, because you've been on this journey, you know, a little longer than us. Um, yes, you guys keep saying that. You've had dynamics. You have four kids and and juggling and managing all four kids is part of your care map. And they're each individual ones with the ones that have complex needs. Um, which is two of the four you've have, you, you had four in your house and now you have three because Scott went off to college. And then before Scott went off to college, you know, before Scott could even drive, like that was so basically it's kind of like, there's this evolution and you are, you're going through kind of a recalibration of how you're, you're juggling the care map now, Mm -hmm. um, for the weekly and daily basis because
2: you've lost a driver.
1: Not to make you cry. I don't want to make you <laughs> no. cry.
2: I'm more just like mad. <laughs> I lost my driver, yes. Gosh, darn you, Scott. <laughs> it's it's such a uh oh to lose a driver is just it's life changing it so much life changing. I did not realize how much I depended on him to shuttle his siblings around. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big change. Yeah. I mean, because now you have to re-strategize and, and it's redistribute not, that strategy. <laughs> I, and I'm not going to lie. I'm going to be real with you guys. It's not going well. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like we're trying, like I'm trying, but I'm in the middle of it right now. I was just complaining to Doug about it this morning. It's not going smoothly. Like I literally had to bribe Austin and Ruby to get in the car t- yesterday to go pick up Tyler to go to cross country practice, I ended up at the Krispy Kreme drive through. (laughs) That was the only option Mm -hmm. I could get without (laughs) physically having to like shove both of them into the van. And you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, fine, whatever. Like, that's what we had to do yesterday. We made it happen, Mm -hmm. but that can't be a daily thing. Like I got to figure something out. So I'm working on it, but yes, um, that is a huge part. I don't know if that's something that's really talked about a lot. Just like when after you have a baby, right? People always, you never really hear about like that next, <laughs> that next nine months after you have a baby, how hard that is. Um, You just, everyone concentrates so much on the pregnancy. It's the same thing with your kids growing up and switching from elementary to middle to high school. This typical, not to, you know, divergent, doesn't matter. Like there is a real genuine shift um, not only from the physical location of the school, but it's also the amount of participation you have in the classroom um, parent involvement that way. how much the teachers communicate with uh, parents, they want the children the kids to be um, autonomous and to be independent mm-hmm. and to be responsible for their own you know information. And so around here our high school teachers really, they may, They want the kids to communicate with them. They don't want to talk to the parents. Right. They want the kids to learn to advocate, and that's really, really good. But it's so hard mm-hmm. to, as a parent, to know what is going on. Um, but then, even just the amount of extracurricular activities, opportunities, whether you take them or not, um, places that your kids need to be in order as they as they become more independent. It really it it is a dramatic dramatic shift. Even getting your kid to the point of driving, there's driving school. There's all these things you have to do extra to get them to the point where they can take themselves places. So, um, we, I have a high schooler now, my high school son, but he's not driving yet. And so that's kind of where we're at right now. So, Austin and Ruby are spending a lot of time in the car being drug here and there and everywhere. And, um, I'll, I'll report back. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe second, you know, next semester will be better <laughs> you're for like, us. I don't know. You're like, I've be
1: honest. It's not going well, guys. It's it's really it's not. It's not looking good. No. Oh, that delivery. That was, that was, that was, that was a joke. <laughs> I'm glad I can provide some entertainment um, for everyone <laughs> today. You're I welcome. I know, but I know it's been stressful. I know, I mean, that's the thing though. Like they don't realize that. It. It's like, okay, all right. Well, the uh, crab trees are back in school. We know them. We've known this family a long time everything's fine. Nothing's changed. Everyone's just a year older. Oh, everything's no, changed. Except we don't
2: have Scott. <laughs> don't have yeah. <laughs> um, and that's yeah. and that's, that's yeah. such a good point And another reason why it's so important to establish those relationships, yeah. even with like the receptionist at the yeah. school, if you can, I, I know it's a lot of work. I know it takes time. If you're not staying in the same place, if you're moving around a lot, I understand that's hard. But for instance, Austin's Pick up for school the other day was late. They were 20 minutes late because another kid on his route had a meltdown and they needed to stop. So that pushed Austin back, which meant Ruby was late and I had to take her to school late. Because I knew that receptionist and she knew me and she knew our family, I was able to explain that to her mm-hmm. um, as I dropped Ruby off and it wasn't a big deal. Mm-hmm. It, she said great no problem go to class like because i had a relationship right if she didn't know me she'd probably be like whatever they just you know here's your pink slip right. you know and who cares mm-hmm. but but you know it, there is really something to creating those those personal relationships at whatever level even if it's just knowing someone's face and name right mm-hmm. so
1: mm-hmm. yeah it does make a difference it makes it a lot less stressful so yeah. you're not getting like the side eye for like or why are you late? Yeah. Or why is your kid melting down right now? Why are you
2: melting down? Yeah. Why that's, am I melting down? And it, and you need to yeah. be cognizant and not take advantage of those things too. Uh, but but when it mm-hmm. does happen, because life happens, you have. Yeah. You know, I, I wasn't stressed out about it. I knew it would be okay mm-hmm. when I dropped her off because yeah. I knew they would understand and and listen. So mm-hmm. yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. So, so um the car the car is a thing for me mm-hmm. too um except it's not quite uh, teenagers that we are currently down to one vehicle again in our family and have been that way for um, since last may and it's uh not been very easy in fact requires a lot more strategy in trying to configure the schedule for the week especially since you know roll one um even bef- before we had therapy at home, I was still commuting Rory from, from the, the therapy center and school, then McKenna, um, her school and some extracurriculars. And I was like, we're losing our minds. Um, and just recently, like as of last evening, you know, I had to go uh, for a board commitment and my, McKenna still had gymnastics so in order for, you know, to make that work, I went and rented a car for a day. Um, there's a car service. It's not like I went like to enterprise or anything. It's another different, different way of kind of a much affordable way to rent. Still not ideal. Don't want to do it, but it worked and it happened, but it's just another extra level of stress. Uh, Monday night our Monday nights are crazy because Rory, very, I mean, very enthusiastically started um, a special Olympics His Special Olympics starts at the same time McKenna's gymnastics are on Monday night. So it's like this strategy of what time we're leaving the house, who's getting dropped off early, when we have to like stay and hang around. I have to plan for transitions for all of that, for like wait time, what's going to happen before and after Rory's start time um, in a space that's like very highly stimulating um, and trying to keep him regulated and then waiting to, to be picked up. It's this extra layer of stress that's not what anybody would ever assume or know those things about us you know at face value the assumption would be like well it just looks like wholesome little wholesome little family over there you know and that like it all functions the way we they you know they think families function or whatever the expectation is because we're making it work but behind the scenes to make all that work is a lot of effort and a lot of work and a lot of stress um, so when, um, when Rory first started going to school, um, after diagnosis, I'll say after diagnosis, cause he was in like a pre-K before di before diagnosis. And that all that time was such a blur because I still had like McKenna was still a baby and being breastfed and we had just moved and, there's a lot of new and a lot of stuff going on. But after that initial diagnosis and him starting in this specialized school for kids with communication disorders, there just seemed to be limitations on how much communication they wanted from us. Um, and and there, in that case, it's that it was more about like things being their way and not totally receptive to what worked for us and our family. And this was like a private school. So you would think, well, we're paying our way here. We should have some say. But um, unfortunately, with private schools, it's not the way that it works. Um, that was short-lived. And then um, about nine months ago, we decided to do ABA full-time, and then, which was stressful because it was quite a hike every day. And I was toting kind of like what Tosh was saying, you know, McKenna was just along for the ride. You know, I was running all over Austin at the time, you know, stuck in massive amounts of traffic, um, in the beginning and that, you know, beginning and the end of the day and, uh, trying to abide by her nap times and, and all that stuff. It was just incredibly stressful. Then I did enroll him in school um, we had moved, uh, just like to just North of Austin, um, uh, where we now reside in Pflugerville and, um, the teacher had her hands full. I mean, the teacher, these, um, what we call here is like PPCD, which is basically if your child is eligible for services, that's the pre-K that they're able that's the eligibility placement, um, for like early intervention. And I didn't realize that she was also the caseworker. There wasn't a separate caseworker assigned to Rory. And so half her class had IEPs and I had no idea. And so communication just was really limited. Not only was she not necessarily asking questions, I didn't really know what questions I should be asking, um, and I, it was me just kind of giving it a, a, a whirl around of, of, and just blind trust of, um, well, these things seem to be, he seems to be kind of acquiescing while, well. like, we eventually got him in the door and was his less distressed. And he really seemed to like his teacher. He had really paired off well with her. Um, There was so much that I didn't know. There was so much that I didn't know, and what we were having trouble with that time in the morning was that he didn't want to get out of the car. One, he didn't want to get into the car. He didn't even want to get dressed, and so we were having a hard. Like it was hard to be on time because of that. And then I'm walking him down the hall, and I'm dropping him off, and I'm getting like the hairy eyeball from the teacher be like Oh, you know now you're interrupting the class because Rory didn't come in on time well I kind of can't help it I don't know how much earlier I it's almost like this tricky thing I know it's still this way with Rory if I get him dressed and ready too early then he is not cooperative on wanting to leave on time and there are behaviors that are happening it's like it's this um real, it's like this window of time. It's like this magical moment of just how you need to transition him from getting dressed and getting out the door. Like we have to do him last. We have to get the done first. And then we have to do him last because if not, it just doesn't, it just doesn't work. It causes some sort of, some sort of problem. And so those are things that little nuances that are not expected because now when you see him, he goes to school, he seems like he's transitioning fine. Like like nothing, like no problem. Like, nope. You wouldn't even know if I, now I have really great communication with the team. And I'm like, oh, we didn't sleep well last night because we all know that Maurice had serious sleep issues, but those were conversations that just were not happening. That weren't even able to really happen previously with any of the teams that we had. There just wasn't, I don't know that couldn't carve out the time connection or communication. It's just different. And I can't, Explain it. I think it comes with experience. It comes with even if I'd sent emails, I wouldn't get responses to some of those emails. It was like it was like sending communications into a void. And I know there's a lot of families out there, or some of our listeners that they do feel that they have that those challenges. And so where I am now, and what I said to you all yesterday, is not necessarily yeah, communication is key. It's the, uh, and you, you did briefly mention it, Brittany, of like, there's all different kinds of way of communicating. It's, it's, it's not only what you're communicating, it's how you're communicating it and trying to carve out, okay, what is going to be the best way for me to get this communication to you and me to get the communication I need, right? Because it's not going to look exactly the same way. Um, but when I first started, Um, when I went to my first conference with Texas parent to parent and, um, and then when I also got into the medical trainings and I was being trained by the other parents that had been doing it before me, they showed me pictures or images of care maps that had been done. And if you Google them, you can see a bunch of different images online for what they look like. Um, they kind of look like, they can look kind of like Venn diagrams or like word mapping. Um, But it was really profound to even see it. I think when I first saw it, I kind of cried because I didn't realize I was already doing all these things, but I hadn't like put it down and like, I didn't, I didn't physically comprehend and digest all of the extra little things that I was doing. And this was also during the time of like that initial, those first year or two of diagnosis, and we were being, you know, my kids were, you know, that the two under five thing, you know, where family was like, oh, it's just hard right now because you got two under five. You're just into trenches. And I'm like, no, I'm not in the trenches. Our life is harder. And so because I, in order to like build up the support around us, I found myself trying to pull at straws and like trying to paint this picture I'm like our life is different, And this is why, and trying to illustrate that. And I could not figure out how I was ever going to get that. And you you could possibly never, it could, even with doing a care map, it could possibly not even ever translate to those individuals that you want them to, to understand. But for your, your teams, like your education teams and your medical teams, um, and, uh, It will be, they'll appreciate it because it's a, it's a simple way of putting on paper and they're all not going to be accurate. Right. And, and, and like we've pointed out, all of our lives have kind of changed and they can be consistently inconsistent. (laughs) Um, so, you know, the demands in some of those domains can be more intense at times, um, And there's no way that anyone's going to know that if it's not communicated that these other domains even exist because they don't even know. I mean, I can't tell you how many times or, you know, I was in an IEP meeting and they're like, oh, we didn't know Rory did equine therapy. And I'm like, I've put this literally on every form I've ever filled out. Right. And then you're just, and now you're triggered and gaslit because you're like, what did you not read what I sent in? You know, but you, you were communicating these things. you were sending these things, but if for some reason they were not getting it. They weren't getting the full scope of, of what it is you' you are juggling. And um, we've also discussed you know the, especially within the four of us and our roles in the family is that we're all the main caretakers of our kids. And to varying degrees, some of us have more spousal support than than others, but for the most po- po- most part, we are carrying the majority of that load. and it is really, really heavy. um and when when things get increased, like, for instance, you can create a category for like holidays, you know, I mean, Brittany, you're about to walk into it. your business also revolves, you do a lot of business around around this this time of year. We all know with school, I mean, I I said it last year. This year I'm kind of like, I think I'm apathetic to it. It's really weird. I'm 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 in a weird space with it. But last year I remember going, I remember us I having the conversation of like, man, I really despise the last quarter of the year like I love it but I also despise it because it's so much more stressful because there's so many other things that are added to our plate that we're juggling in the in the schedule um but let me give everyone just kind of a basic you know definitely Google care map right definitely google it so you can get an idea of of what they look like and create one they there was even recommendations for like especially if your child is able enough, you know to have your child involved in doing the care ma- care map so they also kind of see what it is that entails it's cuz it teaches them self advocacy skills
2: um we could probably have a lot of multiple we could benefits. probably put a um a link in the show notes too for yeah, a care map yeah we can definitely Jean. do that yeah. yeah
1: yeah we can so so some of these oh, obviously some of these things seem totally obvious but in case they don't you know having a bubble for medical and health home care community uh, support, school and education, work, housing, transportation, social services, leisure and, and social things, extracurricular, behavioral and developmental, your therapies, your advocacy, our advocacy, even like, think about this. We've put, now we've, we've put this and you know, us four have put this into our schedule because we're passionate about it. Um, we do also get relief from, from doing, creating this community that we, we have here and, um, uh, spiritual and religious um, demand, and obviously your, your friends and family. So some of the things, and I pointed it out earlier during our conversation of where, how the care map ends up being useful is it identifies gaps in your child's care. It can identify duplication in your child's care. So maybe, you know, you're doing too too much of it and you don't really realize it um, somewhere and you can kind of figure out a way to scale back. And I know Shannon in general, that you're always constantly sizing that up and assessing that. Like you talk that out loud, like you talk that out loud with us all the time. Even if you don't, even if we don't give you a response, you've kind of solved it, figured out on your own, um, just by talking it out loud. But like that, that's, that's what it does. Like constantly doing. But if you if you already had a living document that you've done, then it's sort of like, all right, well, now we just need to move these things around. Maybe we all can help our brains a little better. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, I know I need to do this. Um, You, you'll be able to share these with medical professionals. um, So that way they know who's all involved in your child's care. Because a lot of times they give you those like basic questions and it honestly only touches the surface of it it didn't really give you them the full scope of like what your, what your child is, is getting. Um, so it's a nice thumbprint. It's kind of the, uh, about me for care. I mean, essentially, um, it helps to evaluate your family's priorities. And Brittany, I know you, again, you talk this out loud with us all the time. Like you've had to reevaluate, you know, Ruby's therapies and Austin's therapies based on what is going to be a priority for your family during whatever season is that you're in. Um so that that that's like super duper helpful. Um it can help maximize community supports and other resources. So now you kind of have this like foundational document and a stranger community member, I don't want to say a stranger, but I mean somebody that has influence you know, in your community and you're sharing that with them. They're like, oh, I see there's some needs that we need to fill here. So this is, this is really helpful information. Um, And then I identified different uh, varying aspects for, for our children's care. Um, And then as a bonus, it can help family and friends understand the scope of your child's needs because if they were to, you know, they, they can obviously have only just a very rough idea about what it's like, where it's like, I can only imagine, but if you actually just sort of like this one sheet of paper, here's the care map for, you know, what, what I'm doing every single day or monthly or yearly or quarterly or whatever, what the responsibilities on the plate as a caregiver and for the child and for the family and the demands, um, they can kind of get a better idea of maybe way that they can, mentally and emotionally support you because i know from some of the moms that i have spoken to some of the stressors is that they've gotten is that the family will go oh i remember i know how it is i totally get it and they just again there's just this uh assumption of just like oh you're just in the trenches it's just a season and it's it's a, it's either a little bit more than that or in some cases a lot bit, a lot bit more of that and if you don't really have a way to figure out a solid way to communicate it I just think it's
0: I, you know
1: I you can also just lean into someone else's so if you don't know where to start like pick up some that's online and been like oh yeah so kind of gives you kind of a head start to thinking about what yours looks like like I think that would be really helpful especially as a newly diagnosed family um because you're not really you're you're kind of just, And we talked about this sometimes like just taking it all on. You're like, okay, I'm going to do all the things and do everything. Um, And as you become more well-seasoned, you start to see, okay, I can kind of pace myself a little bit better now um, as you become more adapted. So, you know, this, it's a way, this kind of conversation that we're having today, it kind of brings another uh, integrated piece. So like a, it brings us like full circle, of, like cohesion around, you know, walking this path and this journey, and how to cope, um, and what that looks like, and how we self regulate, we self regulate as um, as moms and caregivers, um, and what else we could do to to improve and alleviate things in, in our lives. So, um, yeah, these are the things that I know I wish, sometimes, especially in the beginning, what my teacher had known. I know our t- teams know this now, um, but this is what I wish they had known um, when we were starting mm-hmm. out.
2: Mm-hmm. It's awesome. So. I like it. Yeah. Amen. So. i going to peek
1: it. <laughs> so do we have any peaks? Who has any peaks? Somebody have any peaks? My <sighs> peak is that um in exactly
4: one week, Brittany Crabtree is gonna be sitting in my closet with me amongst my bras and underwear, <laughs> hanging out live in person.
1: <laughs>
2: you mean I'm gonna be like a t- like, I'm just, I'm just going to hold Shannon, guys. Oh, I'm just not, she's I'm going like, to like, we're going to spoon. I'm just going to snuggle mm. her until she's so annoyed with me that.
4: Brittany, are you Big Spoon
2: or are you Little Spoon? I'm usually Little Spoon, but I can, oh. I do either. That you smell her hair like Austin yeah. does to you. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah.
4: I can, I can work Shannon, both let's sides.
1: let's make sure I you can have do what both sides right. clean too. hair. Okay. I'm a, I'm a little upset. We don't have we didn't have any theme music. Can we get a uh, little theme okay. music?
3: Tash,
2: she can sing good. later. <laughs>
1: oh, gosh, I'm just
3: like oh, you just put me on the spot.
2: <laughs> it's, it's too so late. Then, the moment has right? passed. Oh. <laughs> no, but yeah, Shannon Side. and I are uh, gonna see each other soon. Week. Uh, 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 peak <clears throat> <of> the week. <laughs> lovely i'm dead shannon and i are gonna <laughs> see each other soon and we're gonna have the best 24 hours ever i have 24 hours with her and i'm super excited we're up. just
1: gonna we're just gonna stay up all night I- i'm shocked work. that they'll actually talk i'm pretty sure that they might just sleep i yeah. don't know yeah <laughs> 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 it's gonna sleep be the to best each night a good game. At my but house. honestly if i had a chance to just like be not in my house and go to someone else's i would just sleep yeah mm-hmm well, Our bodies we are very strong
4: that. sleepers in this house, mm. so you
3: know
1: yeah, it'd be a good happens. house for that. She has a firm bedtime. Yeah, just like, that's going to be rough bedtime. for Brittany.
2: Brittany's going to be like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a night owl. I will respect the rules of the Corza households. <laughs> yes, but
4: she—you've already broken them, Brittany, because you're getting to my house after. Oh, PM. it's true.
2: Sorry, <laughs> I, <am>. <laughs> <laughs> right, I can't help myself. Suction. in. it's fine.
3: It's fine. Touche. Thousand alarms going on. Okay.
1: <laughs> Mm -hmm. Gosh, what about you? What about you? What about you? Um,
3: (laughs) I don't. You got a free crown? (laughs) No, I did. I got a. I got a free crown in my mouth. I was yay. No.
1: Um, (laughs) (laughs) Um. Oh, I really like the dentist. I think it's a spa day, but I'm a weirdo. Yeah, no, it's
3: fine, but it's (laughs) like, yes, my ADHD does not handle it well. It's just like, come on, can we just get this done? Like, stop breaking to go check on other people. Anyways, um, (laughs) my peak of the week is we just had Jack's, um, his annual IEP, and it is just, we have arrived. We have arrived. We are in dun, dun, uh, nah. perfect. What's the word? Um, Harm- harmony. Yes, harmony. Yes, harmony. Unison. Harmony. <laughs> um, his team is so incredible this year, and and his sped teacher, his his IAP teacher, is just so awesome. And he talk about a communicator, and it's just it's so good. It's so good. We are in a very good place right now. We are in a very good school um, year, you know,
1: and I just couldn't be more excited. Couldn't be more excited.
2: That's awesome. I'm so excited. Mm-hmm.
1: Enjoy that. I kind of have, I kind of have similar sentiments. So it was awesome for uh, Monday night, uh, two of Roy's aides and his teacher, his Jenna teacher came to cheer him on at mm-hmm. bowling. And then two of the aides and one of their kids stayed and played, um, in the arcade, uh, for the last like half hour. And that was, that was, that was such a pinch me moment. Like that was extra. That is not anything they have to do that is outside of school time. But I can tell you that it made a huge difference for Rory and there were other kids, um, that they knew there was another kid from Rory's class that was there. So they were really happy. you know, it made a huge difference for, for all of the kids that they either are still serving or currently, currently serve. And um, they even said, they said, we didn't know, we didn't know this was a thing. We didn't know we uh, did this in the district. And I was like, "Yeah," <laughs> and I'm like, okay,
2: well, that's
1: something else we need to change. And that's trustee mayor's list. Trustee mayor. <laughs> trusty mayor. Oh. All right. So those are great peaks. Listeners, uh, I have a special gratitude that I would like to share with some of you. And I know we haven't done that um, yet, but there's many of you that actually say that you share about our podcast all the time. That when people come to you and they ask, oh, well, where do I find information or you know, how do I get, how do I find support and help? And they, so many of you have directly either in our inboxes or to us directly have shared that you're sharing our podcast. And, um, I just wanted to really say all of us, thank you for, for doing that. Um, amen. It it means a lot and it, and honestly, like this is for you. So we're so happy that, that you're doing this. Um, that you're doing that for other people. If it's made a difference for you, you're hoping that it would make the difference mm-hmm. for others. And um, so, yes. thank, you. Thank, thank, you, you. thank so. you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Till next time. Bye. We'll see you on our next episode. Adios. See you later.
2: Bye.